1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Rum Buncher Radio, episode number 55. Marty Leap, Nick Caporoso, Trey Entity with you. The Pittsburgh Pirates have had some guys return this week. The Nets fell down in Philadelphia. The Jolly Roger, though, raised in Pittsburgh two times out of three. Marty Nick, you gentlemen got to see one of those games, a thriller there on Saturday night. How you guys doing? What was your experience like this time at the ballpark?
2: Um, outside of one like very over-the-top angry usher, uh, it was a pretty good day. You know, we uh it was a good day at the ballpark. Nick and I went to the game with our wives. It was a great game to be at, obviously. Back and forth much of the day. The Pirates walked off in 12th. Um, long story short, our wives crashed in party for people who are graduating from anesthesiologist residency, and they're now going to be in the newspaper as having graduated from anesthesiology school. So, like, good for them for putting that hard work. But, no, in all honesty, it was was a great day at the ballpark. It's always fun to be back at the ballpark, especially with friends. It was great weather. It was a great game. The Buccos won. You can't ask for much more.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was my first game uh, of the year, so I didn't really know what to expect in terms of just – like how the stadium and everything was operating, so I was happy to get to go with Marty, uh, being he's been there a few times, and it's a pretty easy process uh, getting in and into there and everything at this point. So um, definitely look forward to going back. Our seats they were along the um, third base line, and the sun was killing us because it was a four o'clock game for about probably went until about the sixth inning. I think it yeah, finally that, about got some shade. And once, once we got that shade, it, it was, it's a lot more enjoyable of a game. That's for sure.
1: All right. <laughs> Turned into a really good one, gentlemen, and a game that the pirates trailed in, they came back, they took the lead. It went to extras. They get the win eventually. And, um, you know, if there's any ushers listening to this, if the head of ushers is listening, please, um, you know, maybe take a chill pill, You're a little more laid back. We're looking out, uh, <laughs> For, for every fan in PNC Park, social distance still, guys, and I'm sure, you know, being there, getting, getting able to watch the Pirates at home is quite the experience. Um, you know, this team has added Cabrian Hayes back. He's off the injured list. Colin Moran, first day back on Sunday, drives in a run. How big is it to have these two back? Let's start with Cabrian. I mean, the dude's come back and looked like he wasn't even hurt at all.
3: Yeah. I mean, you're talking about the two best pieces of your offense, right? Uh, Outside of Frazier and Reynolds, but at least coming into the season after the years Frazier and Reynolds had last year, you were really looking at uh, Hayes and Moran being those key contributors. Uh, So to lose Hayes so early, you know, we almost forgot what he actually meant to this offense. And we're seeing that already um, how much, Just the uptick in the whole lineup, or the last couple days, and then of course, um, bringing Moran back just really solidifies that infield. You know, we had Gonzalez; he did a fair fair job over there at first, and Gamels filled in there when need be, and Will Craig, obviously, that whole thing. So it's good to get Moran. Moran has been one of their most steady players over the last two years, and that there's a lot to be said for that. So happy to have both them back.
2: Yeah. Like Nick said, it's a big boost to this lineup. Um, it really, if you consider they, they have not had Hayes pretty much all season and Moran missed basically all of May. And this team still is where they are. Record wise is kind of impressive. I mean, yes, they're 10 games under 500, but they were expected to be bad. And you know, you lose two of your four best hitters for extended periods of time, and you still there's still three teams in baseball with a worse record than you, and you're only one win behind Washington, Minnesota, and Texas. So I, I think the Pirates, you know, they're, they're not as bad. We've talked about this a bunch. They're not as bad as a lot of people painted them out to be in the preseason. And you know, you get Hayes back. That's your best player. That's your best hitter. You get Moran back, and all of a sudden, you know, Frazier, Hayes, Reynolds, Moran, Stallings. That's a Pretty good one through five. Like the Pirates aren't going to all of a sudden start winning a bunch of baseball games or anything. The lineup still really goes off a cliff after Stallings, you know, the starting rotation still isn't very good, but that one through five is as good as any one through five in the national league central. And probably one of the better one through fives in the national league. So the Pirates, you know, have the ability these next couple of weeks until Adam Frazier is eventually traded to, you know, kind of put a scare into some teams, with the top of that lineup, because there's going to be a lot of days where the Pirates are going to be in games because they have a really good one through five that's going to drive in some runs, and you know, you know, you got an excellent bullpen, so it's it's things aren't probably as bleak in Pirate Land as a lot of people paint them out to be, and a uh, and a big reason for that is having Hayes and Moran back in this lineup and just the length that they add to the lineup.
3: I mean, we saw that this weekend against the Marlins, like just that that better offense against a team like the Marlins who, you know, they're not expected to be at the top of the national league by any means, but they found their way into the playoffs last year back end. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so when you're talking about those teams that are expected to be around 500 uh, you'll, you'll see the pirates starting to take some of those series. If they can keep that, that core of hitters intact at the top of the lineup The issue is, is when you can't and you start to call up guys who you DFA'd in the off season, like Will Craig. And, uh, you know, you're playing Eric Gonzalez at first base when he hasn't played first base since I don't know, even if he has, I think he played minimally for a couple games. So it's just to get, um, you know, your lineup intact. And now we're seeing, like you said, it's it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be, especially when you consider Reynolds bouncing back as strong as he has. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah, I didn't say, I, I said all along that. I really feel that the pirates, when they're at their full strength, they're not, I know some people paint them as, you know, like the worst pirate team ever and all of this. And it's not even remotely true at their full strength. The pirates probably aren't even a bottom three maybe not even a bottom five team in baseball. They're really not. This is a team with this bullpen, with this lineup that can give teams bits. And, you know, it's good to see, Nick, like you said, Reynolds bouncing back. It's good to see Hayes. It's only six games, but it's good to see Hayes looking like the superstar. It's good to see Colin Moran looking like a potential building block moving forward. You know, all things considered, and I'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent here, and I apologize, but all things considered, this season – has kind of gone decently well for the Pirates. Like your your potential building block guys, your Colin Moran's, Cabrian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, a lot of those guys down in the bullpen have been awesome. JT Brubaker has been really good. Miguel your best Ure, trade
3: chips have been good.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, Miguel Urace pitched well in the majors. Your best trade trips, Adam Frazier, Richard Rodriguez, Tyler Anderson have all been excellent. And the pirates are winning games in the past. They would have lost. So they're learning to win games, but at the same time, they're not winning too many games and they're still going to be in line for a solid draft pick next year. Like coming into the season, had you told me that, you know, through the first weekend of June, the pirates would be on pace to finish with like the sixth worst record in baseball. And on top of that, Brian Reynolds is going to bounce back. Brian Hayes can continue to look like a budding superstar. Your your trade pieces are all performing the best they have at any point in their entire career. You know, you have a guy like Brew Baker looking like a big building piece for his bolt for the starting rotation, excuse me. I would say sign me up. And I really do think that and I get it's tough to say this when you're 24 and 35, but all things considered, this season has gone pretty well for the Pirates so far.
1: Yeah. No doubt. And you know, this is a team that has missed Philip Evans as well. You talk about Cabrian Hayes, Colin Morangon. A third of this lineup has been gone for most of the season. You know, there's been some bloopers. The Will Craig play. This is the first episode we've had since that play happened. And, you know, the reaction to it, um, you know, it's it's funny to see because people love to get on and, you know, act like this is the Pirates. This is what the Pirates do. This is the worst team in baseball. This is one of the worst teams in in the history of the game. It's not. This team is gritty. This team is scrappy. All the things you just said, Marty – Nick as well I mean this team has a really nice bullpen that's that's come a long way Adam Frazier is playing at an unbelievably high level you're about to turn him around and you look in the minors kind of transition to a talk here on some of these minor league guys you know there's so much promise these trades have all gone really well to this point I want to talk about a guy Miguel Yahure a little bit more now battling an injury looked awesome at the major league level don't want to speculate um you know too hard onto onto what this is but um Gentlemen, a timeline and, and kind of how we expect the you know, process after he comes back from this injury. Marty, you want to get us started there?
2: Yeah, I mean, Yahoo Ray right now shut down. I think they said seven to ten days in Indy, something like that, because of elbow pain. But, I mean, man, when you hear elbow pain, you hear elbow discomfort, it's really difficult to not immediately think Tommy John surgery, um, which would be a real shame. I mean, you has been, he's got two stars with the pirates this year. He's been awesome. He was awesome with Indy. He was shooting at prospect boards. He appeared to be the guy who was well on his way to being a consensus top 100 prospect and being one of the, you know, two or three, or, you know, even four prize jewels of that Jamison Tyone trade. And, you know, it's really a tough break for Yahoo Ray Especially with Mitch Keller now on the injured list, you probably would have seen him replace Keller in the starting rotation. And obviously it's not going to happen now. So, you know, it's tough to see, um, you know, if it does come down to Tommy John, that's going to be really unfortunate because he's probably missing almost all of next season as well. And Nick, I'm sure you'll get into this, but you and I had a conversation yesterday about how Uray is a guy who might not be you know, best suited to bounce back from Tommy John surgery either.
3: Yeah. um, You know, to, to expand on that in a minute here, you know, first I want to say though, like this, as much as gone right for the pirates, like we said about Reynolds bouncing back, Frazier getting off the start, there has just been so much that has gone wrong at the minor league level already. And it's not even, like it's it's weird stuff. It's it's out of left field stuff, not to you know, no pun intended there. But like, you know, you see Travis Swaggerty he blow up his shoulder diving back to a base, which he's done a thousand times in his minor league career. You've seen um Nick Gonzalez fracture his pinky. Lievo Preguero got hurt going back to a base and missed what, I think Four to six weeks, and he's barely touched a ball since he's He's come back.
2: He's like one (laughs) seventeen.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's you know, and now you throw in the Yahoo Ray thing. It's like you know, we always laugh about how we feel like this franchise is cursed, and it it this is why. It's just like one thing after another, right? Like you said, Keller hasn't done what we need him to do this year. There's finally a chance to get him a break and call up one of these guys that you're hoping can do what we were hoping Keller can do. And now we don't get to see him. You get his forearm. Like you said, you hear forearm. It's very rare that that doesn't eventually lead to surgery, whether it's, you know, next month or, you know, in a couple months, I mean, we've been down this path before. We've seen Jamison on battle Tommy John twice. We saw Nick Kingham's career get completely derailed because of Tommy John. Now, you do believe nowadays Tommy John surgery and rehab. You see more pitchers be able to come back. But you look at Ray; you're not looking at you know, a guy like Jamison Tyon, who is six foot five throwing mid to upper nineties already, you know, he gets Tommy John. He still has that 94, 95 mile per hour fastball he can get by. What if you who right can't get that fastball back? That's what I'm concerned about. Um, you know, he just he he's not your prototypical big projectable pitcher that you know uh he'll be able to eventually build that that frame and velocity back up
1: definitely uh you know the last thing you wanted to see with a guy that has kind of been the prospect out of all these deals to this point at least um you know already been in the bigs two really nice starts you'll love what you saw hopefully he can come back hopefully you know it, it doesn't necessarily even mean tommy john uh, but we'll, we'll follow that storyline as it continues wanted to hit on some of the negatives let's talk about the positives guys you mentioned it a second ago adam frazier tyler anderson richard rodriguez these guys are playing their tails off and really putting themselves in positions to bring back a lot of return at this deadline, maybe before that, maybe after. Um, But it's, you know, it's looking like those are maybe the three main trade ships as we kind of continue to forecast and talk about teams that, you know, might be interested. What comes to mind? Uh, And it it was our pleasure last week to get a talk with Robert Murray, a guy that breaks a lot of trade deals and covers, um, you know, these rumors for fansided.com. Michael, uh, Talked about Adam Frazier, maybe some deals with the White Sox, maybe the Mets, some other teams involved. Who do you guys see Adam Frazier getting traded to? We'll start with, let's talk about Richie Rodriguez after that. Maybe a little Tyler Anderson as well. Nick, you want to get us started here?
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, You know, last week being on uh, with Robert, uh, you know, we learned so much about what goes on behind the scenes in the industry. Um, Robert, he's 25 years old, but he's been doing this since he was 17. Um, I remember, you know, back in like 2013, 2014, watching winter meetings on MLB network and Robert Murray would be like tweeting as he was standing in the background of one of the, one of the shows that was going on, you know, or whatever. And he was, he was down at the meetings, grinding it out, making connections and it's paid off for him big time. I mean, obviously the Fernanda to T um, like I said, that's a, that's a story of a career, potentially. So, you know, he's doing that at 25. He said that, you know, that was information that he was sitting on for a while. And that's what I mean, right? He's just, he's a good, he's good at what he does. He he could have released that two weeks before. And that could have blown up a lot of different, you know, angles of, of that deal. But he uh, he sat on it. He waited, made sure that, you know, it was legit and put it out when he felt comfortable. And, you know, hopefully he can continue to find some of those deals and let us know, uh, you know, when Adam Frazier is going to get traded, you know, <laughs> but seriously. So Adam Frazier, like you said, he he had some interesting comments on him. You know, he very much made it sound like Frazier is going to be one of the, the guys at the deadline that every team could be in on. I, I think when I think of Adam Frazier, I kind of think of a Ben Zobris type trade chip where you can make an argument for every team that's in playoff contention to want this guy. Um, He's flexible. He's a left-handed hitter that can hit pretty much anywhere you need him to in the lineup. He has position flexibility. I mean, yeah, he's been locked in at second base for us, um, but that's been for an obvious reason of just the fact that he's been up for the gold glove the last couple of years and you know, that's just where he's best suited for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So you can sell him as a starting second baseman to a team that might need that, but you can also sell him as, you know, a versatile left-handed bat that you can kind of plug and play where you need him that night. And that's kind of why I get that Ben Zobers feel from him. Um and the other big thing that we talked about was just how cheap he is. He's making about $4 million this year. Um, contractual control is a huge thing in baseball, but beyond just contractual control, how much money you're looking at. A uh, team like the Yankees and the Mets, uh, they're going to be up against that luxury tax. So they're going to be looking for you know that cheaper – quality player. And Adam Frazier makes a lot of sense for those two teams. Uh, Marty and I have been talking about a lot this weekend, um, you know, with the Yankees offense struggling mightily, you you can't envision that they're going to sit around and wait much longer um, to get, to get that, that fixed. So I definitely could see a Frazier to the, to the Yankees deal Um happening, I think, before the deadline. I I think we're starting to get close to that window opening up of where you could see some of these guys like Frazier, Tyler Anderson specifically moved. I think Rich Rod will be closer to the deadline.
2: Yeah, and to build off everything you said with Frazier, (laughs)
3: excuse
2: me, especially with Frazier and the Yankees, the biggest problem with the Yankee offense this year is they have no left-handed bats whatsoever. And, you know, he, he he fits that. And, like you said, he can play all over the field. He's got that Ben Zurbis feel feel. Um, you know, Adam Frazier to the Yankees makes too much sense to me. But, you know, like you and I talked about over the weekend also, Nick, Adam Frazier to the Mets makes a lot of sense. Adam Frazier to the White Sox makes a lot of sense.
3: Frazier to the A's still.
2: A's still <laughs> makes sense, exactly. Like, ultimately, I don't envision this. I will be – I'll be stunned. I will be absolutely flabbergasted if Adam Frazier is still with the Pirates come August 1st. And I think, you know, it's going to be, I'm with you. I think sooner rather than later, we see Frazier traded. And I think Ben Charrington is going to get a really good return from him. You know, <clears throat> the other guys you mentioned, Rich Rock, Tyler Anderson, they're going to be moved. They're going to get a good return. And I don't think the Pirates will stop there. You know, I think they're willing to listen to probably everybody who, on the MLB roster outside of maybe three or four guys. So, you know, in that bullpen, not not to get too far off track here, but Nick, I know you and I have talked about this a lot, but man, Sam Howard could have some ridiculous trade value. He's controlled through 2025. He's a lefty. He has the highest whiff rate of any pitcher in baseball. It, don't be surprised if you see the Pirates get one heck of a return for you know a Sam Howard or someone else totally off the radar maybe like a Jacob Stallings between now and the end of July
1: I like the sound of that I mean like you said I think everybody's touchable there's maybe two three four guys that you think okay the Pirates are going to keep them around as the as the main foundation but at the big league level there's a lot of guys that you could get solid returns for you start with Adam Frazier and Richard Rodriguez and Tyler Anderson and you know, if you guys follow this show, if you follow our Twitter account, our website, we've talked about Adam Frazier and the word trade a ton. I mean, for a year plus, even before that, but Ben Charrington waited. And that's something we addressed with Robert last week was, you know, how smart does Ben Charrington look now that he waited and is going to trade these guys at their highest value should work out really well. And to, and to follow up, Nick, um, you know, Robert Murray, like you said, just takes his time. And if you listen back to that episode, we recorded with him last week. He's very thorough and, isn't going to pull the trigger on any kind of information unless he is absolutely sure that it is correct. Um, You know, you talk about this bullpen, a guy I want to address here, Luis Oviedo. He's looked really good at times this year, but it's kind of hit the skids, gentlemen. What do the Pirates do? What's the long-term plan? I personally love Luis Oviedo. I thought he was a, you know, great rule five pick and has added a lot to this team, but, um, you know, moving forward, what's the, what's the situation here?
2: You know, personally, And this is something I wrote about on the site last week. I would like to see the Pirates swing a trade with Cleveland to get the rights to Luis Oviedo so they can't option him to the minors. Um, I still think long term Oviedo could have some good value as a starting pitcher. I would like to see the Pirates make that trade to Cleveland, get his rights. So as a Roll Five guy, you can option him to the minors, option him to either Altoon or Indianapolis, let him work out of that starting rotation. I, I like. Today, for example, you know, Sunday afternoon against Miami, two innings, he struck out four, his stuff looked filthy. He flashed that he has the stuff. He has the stuff to be a very good MLB pitcher. However, he's 21 years old and never pitched above high A. Swing a deal with Cleveland, get control of his rights, let him go down to Altoona or Indy, be starting games, working through his stuff, and, you know, a year or so from now, you could have a
3: really good pitcher in your hands in Luis Oviedo. One thing that's going to help keep Aviato around is this <clears> Jose <throat> Soriano injury. Uh, Soriano yeah. was rehabbing from Tommy John. He was also a rule 5 pick, so when he came off his Tommy John uh, or injury list then, you know, he was going to have to be put on to the roster as well for the same reasons Marty talked about. So him getting hurt here kind of, you know, I've seen some speculating is this the – is just the Pirates maybe manipulating the injury list a little bit, trying to extend his rehab stint as long as possible until they're able to figure out how to get him, Ka'i Tom, and uh, Aviado, all Rule 5 guys, how to keep them all on the roster. And that That's partially why we were talking about how maybe we could see the Pirates be a little more aggressive a little earlier here than the trade deadline to start to unload some of these Roster spots to get some of these younger pieces up on, and like Marty said, that you know that'd be fantastic if we could pull something off with the Indians uh, to get Aviato. Um, you know, we know the Indians and how they value their pitching prospects, though. So I do get a little weary of you know what what kind of costs that would come at, especially given the restrictions on say like international signing money and anything like that. So yeah. I mean I definitely wouldn't want to be giving up a prospect at this point to bring him in. But you're right. I definitely I hate this rule five stuff. I it's there's a good chance, you know, like me Pimentel years ago, like just this could derail this kid's career just simply because of you know where he's at in terms of his roster. And I I hope that's not the case for him because this kid has dynamic stuff. And hopefully, today can be a big confidence boost for him going forward.
2: You no, know, I, I got to say that coming into the show, Stolen Pimentel is not a name I expected
1: here tonight. Uh, that was maybe the last name I would have thought of. Dude, come on.
3: You know me. Sure.
2: Well, I mean, we I like talked it. about Craig Hansen over the weekend, so at that point there's, oh, there are very, very few stones left on turn. Well,
3: Stormy, he got picked up by the Rangers, remember, and he just got lit up by them. After pitching yeah, well in the Pirates organization, he was the, the piece of that yeah. um, Hanrahan trade that Hanra-Hantry, yeah. Huntington really wanted he because he tried to get him – Previously, I think he tried to sign yeah. him as an international guy and maybe tried to get him in that Bay trade. out in the too. Jason bay
2: trade and the Red Sox wouldn't move him.
3: So he definitely was highly thought at. It just was another one of those unfortunate situations of this Rule 5 draft where I understand the point of it. It just doesn't serve the purpose that that they're really looking for, especially for pitchers.
1: Yeah, yeah Stommy Pimentel, uh definitely a, a random pirate, but – you know, did some service here. And you talk about this Rule 5 draft. Is there a a better way to do it? I mean, obviously, the rule needs to be in place, but, you know, is there a better system that that we aren't going about it, you know, right now?
3: You know, I think there could be something mixed with this taxi squad a little bit somehow, um, allowing there to be some time spent away from the team so that you can work on these more minute details with these younger guys. Um, you know, like I said, something maybe offsite, you know, have that secondary roster of five or six guys that way you can still maybe salvage some valuable experience with these prospects and get that more one on one attention that they need to have. Um, but also, you still have them kind of, you know, big league ready. They're not down in your minor league system, uh, like they're not supposed to be. I, but I, I really, I don't know. But I do know if under the next CBA contract talks, you know, the the whole minor league roster um, structure as a whole, I know is going to be talked about a lot. Um, so we definitely could see some sort of change come this off season.
1: And how interesting is this CBA going to be? I mean, at the minor league oh. level, the big league level, it's, <laughs> it's the gonna CBA the is going to be
3: that. There's definitely we we definitely in a few months will be talking about. I, I have a feeling potential strikes and lockouts. Yeah,
2: yeah. Unfortunately, I think you're probably right.
1: I mean, it's you know we saw how it was you know the mock CBA, I guess as if you want to call it that the COVID. CBS, they tried to figure everything out. We saw, you know, how much of a train wreck that was and, you know, players just not wanting to come to any kind of agreement and the owners, you know, just nobody budges. And I have a feeling that's probably going to be the case again here. Hopefully, you know, you find some kind of happy medium with the rule changes, um, you know, with the restructuring of minor league baseball and everything else. This is just a, you know, we're looking at a different game than we were looking at before COVID, before 2020 started especially when you talk about the minor leagues. And I want to spend a little bit more time down there. We talked about Miguel Yajure a little bit. Let's talk about some other pitchers, really just minor leaguers, you know, making some big movement. Carmen Majenski, really looking good so far. Potentially could see him in Altoona here soon. Who do you guys, who else do you have your guys um, eyes on right now? And, you know, as we talk about the minor leagues, who are you excited to see on this big league roster that could potentially be up by the end of the season?
3: Yeah, Majenski's been unreal. Me and Marty have been talking about him a lot lately, and his last two starts have been, I believe, 10 scoreless with 14 strikeouts and no runs. Uh, on top of, I know he had a pretty good first or first game or two as well. I don't have his numbers up in front of me, but he he was our top pitcher that we drafted last year. Um he was coming out of South Carolina and the big thing on him was of course his spin rates, but also that he performed very well at the Cape Cod league. And really, I guess his, the numbers that he was showing in his college career, there were a little bit inflated because he dealt with some injury issues before that. And once he kind of got over that, that hump at the beginning of his career, he really locked in there in his abbreviated 2020 season. And then, like I said, performed at the Cape before that. So he's exactly what the pirates need. He, they needed a legit, um, pitching prospect college arm, preferably that would be able to move through the system relatively quick. Um Him doing this at high A, like you said, let's get him up to double A here hopefully soon. Hopefully that'll mean that uh, Ronzi Contreras is going to up to triple A. Uh When that happens, uh, you talked about pitchers keep eyes on. He just continues to dominate outside of that one hiccup he had. But hey, listen, we're talking young pitchers, guys. They're going to have young hiccups here and there. Um, you know, that's all part of the process. We don't know what they're being told to do before games. They might have told them, hey, you know what, you've been destroying people with your curveball. We want you to really focus on throwing that change up today instead. Right? And that could have led to a bad game. We don't know what they're being told to work on down at the minor league level. What's important is how Ronzi responded. And he responded well. And he, like I said, he's picked up <clears> much <throat> where he's been all season and just straight like Marty said, potential top 100 prospect probably uh, by midseason.
2: Yeah, you know, with Carmen Majinski, um, I have his stats up here in front of me. After today's performance where he pitched five scoreless, after uh, four starts with high Greensboro, <clears throat> in 16 and innings. he gave him seven hits. He's walked seven. He struck out 25 and allowed one-earned run. Uh, you know, that's pretty good. You know, like, yeah. you, like you get him to double-A. Yeah, Rowan Z. Contreras Triple AAA. Contreras, they, they haven't touched him at A, And, you know, I don't think it's out of the round possibility that you could potentially see Rowan Contreras in the majors, if not this season, early next season. And, you know, while we are talking about pitching, one one guy I will mention also from that 2020 draft last year,
3: I know who you're going to say. Let me guess. Jared Jones.
2: Exactly. Yep. He was a high school arm, a college
3: arm, Jared Jones. You know, it's he was the st- only high school player they took in last year's yeah. draft.
2: And that's pretty telling because his spin rates are awesome. The dude's got nasty stuff. He's only pitched seven and two-third professional innings so far, but he struck out 12 and has only given up one run. Um, he's another guy who I think you could see really start – to shoot up prospect boards in the next year or two, so I think in the minors there's been a lot of really good pitching performances. Um, Noah wrote about that on the site earlier this week, so go check it out. From Indy down to Bradenton, the pitching has been great for the Pirates in the minor leagues. But I think Carmen Majinski, Ronzi Contreras, and Jared Jones are definitely like three very specific arms to watch in the couple next couple months. And you know, like I said, I don't think it's out of
3: the realm of possibility that we could see Contreras pitching in the majors this year. Hey, I, I have one more, and this is someone we've been talking about, and he's a little more under the radar, um, but he's just been like a steady dude in the minor leagues for us. Osvaldo Valdo Bido. He's 25 yeah. and he's in double A. So I get that, but he also signed, I believe, when he was like 19. So he was a little later of a sign. sign. He, um, Yeah, his first – Big league experience was in 2017, so you figure yeah he was like 20 years old when he signed with us. So he's a little behind that curve, but in general this year with the with the curve he is throwing five games, 22 in the third innings, he has 23 strikeouts. But what it really comes down to, he has a 2.01 ERA and a WHIP that's under one, a point nine nine. So he doesn't allow a ton of base runners, and when he does, he usually is able to work his way out of it um and this isn't just like a flash in the pan like in 2019 he really started to break out and i believe towards the end of that year mlb pipeline actually had him towards their back the back end of their of their top 30 for the pirates i believe he fell off once they updated it that next offseason but in, in 2019, he made 25 starts, 135 innings through to a 332 ERA, uh, 107 strikeouts, so a little, little less than one per inning there, but that's what you're going to kind of get with him. Um, once again, I don't expect him to necessarily be a guy that you're going to build the rotation around of by any means, but I do think he's someone to kind of keep an eye on because I do think he could end up on this roster in some capacity.
1: Yeah. Always fun to talk about these minor league arms. And there's just so many of them right now that are showing a lot of promise. We'll see how that shakes out. I'd love to see. You could be here,
3: right here all night. <laughs> yeah, no
1: doubt. <laughs> I'll I know it, God, I'll all night, baby. <laughs> No doubt. No doubt. It's the future. It's, it's very important. Um, A lot of great names there. And, you know, we're going to continue to follow this Miguel Yajure injury. Hopefully we're not talking Tommy John surgery. And, you know, he's added that list of guys that will continue to work with the pirates at the big league level, um, you know, triple A as well, but we're just going to have to see the pirates welcome in the Los Angeles Dodgers for a best of three series this week. They've won five out of nine starting to get a little bit hot. Brian Hayes back in the lineup, Colin Moran returns as well. Mitch Keller hits the aisle, as Marty mentioned before. We're going to see probably some more roster moves this week. And like we teased it, guys, these trades are coming up maybe before the trade deadline. We'll talk about that. And, of course, break any news that comes in this next week as well. But until next time, my name is Trey Yannity. For Marty Leap and Nick Caparoso. thank you, as always, for watching our show. You can find us at Omni.com Rum Hit up our social media, at Bunter on Twitter. As far as the podcast goes, you can find us on all your regulars, Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. Check out the rest of the articles on our site as well, guys. Like Marty talked about, Noah's got some great stuff out right now. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Marty, Nick, Jeffrey Cup, Vincent Spalone, the rest of our great staff, guys. There's so much content out right now. As we continue through this 2020 season, the Pirates, a little under 10 games, under 500. They're trying to work back from a little bit of a slump. But Key Brian, the hero, is back. Until next week, have All a right. great week, everybody. Let's go, Bucks.